Super. Happy New Year. So guess what I learned? What did you learn? The telephone was invented in Kansas City. That's what I heard, too. Yeah, isn't that great? You know, I had one of those clickers Yeah. in my little hobby bedroom growing up. You had the little, all those the little The little thing pins? like you made with the pins. Uh -huh. I got a real one from the telephone company. How'd you, how'd you, you do play that? With. You just called them up and said, I need one of those? Hello? <laughs> First, they put me through to the undertaker. <laughs> the other undertaker. Isn't that quite a story? You know, the other is. one? But I, did, I actually did have one. Every time you touch it, it jumped. One thing. Right. Yeah. And it came from Kansas City. Isn't that wonderful? Kansas City is awesome. So we have an amazing figure skater. I know. Right here in Sells Academy. Yeah. Sells Academy has a lot of really amazing students. Uh, when does Star Wars come out? In, in June of this year, the new Star Wars, and one of the main starring roles is an Acellus Academy student, so be sure and wave at her. Now, she'll be on the screen, but you can still wave. <laughs> and she is an amazing person. She her, is. Um, she, she's done a lot of movies already, mm -hmm. and yet she stayed very sharp on her studies. You know, it's, it's significant to me that uh, when she had her surgery, she really doubled down on study, which is a good thing to do. And she's graduating a year early, and I think she said with honors. I want to make sure everybody knows about the honors thing. Okay. Graduating with honors. Uh, as you get into upper grades, like in high school, there are versions of the classes that you can go into in honors. And for you Acellus Academy students that want to take a class in honors mode, when your parents put you in the class, say, honors mode, please. In honors mode, it's a lot harder. <laughs> Which helps you learn better, helps you learn more. It, you've got to really be determined and buckle down for it. Before high school, if you want to be in the honors mode, you can do it another way. Get a score of 90% or above average in your class, and you'll be in the honors mode. And we just decided that it's time to code it so that if you're doing that on your thing, it'll show honors. Wow. And if you graduate with a score of 90 or above, on your little transcript, it'll say, Gradu graduated with honors. Wow. It's a big deal. Uh, when students want to go to a university when they graduate and they're applying, and, and now we have students applying for very big, prestigious universities. When they see that you took all these honors courses, universities are impressed. And if they're giving out scholarships, they got a really sharp kid with a good grade average at school X. And then they have you graduating from Acellus and you have good grades too, and they can't decide, then they start looking at the classes, and if you took honors, 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 you're gonna get a scholarship. That's neat. And for those of you that just say, you know, I'm going from high school straight to the workplace, uh -huh. people that are hiring high school graduates, look at that. So it can open doors. But the one I like most, you know, since I graduated from the university, 
I have never been able to get anybody to hire me. No, I never have had to go get a job since I graduated because I always created my own company, my own project, my own thing. So I've never had to have a job. But I've sure hired people. I was trying to figure out the other day, and in companies that I started and built up, I think I've hired just about 10,000 people, mm-hmm. including you. I know. You're 10,001. 10,001? Yeah, you counted for 10. Anyway. But I really like hiring people that have a good foundation. And if I saw you coming out of school and you had an honors diploma, mm-hmm. I would be very impressed because it would show me you're an exceptional person. But even better than getting the best job because you have honors classes on your diploma is having the honors knowledge in your head so that you can start your own businesses and you can do your own thing. Uh, in Acellus Academy, we try to teach you as much as we can about as many really good subjects as possible. But the biggest thing that I hope you learn, the thing that you get out of Acellus Academy, isn't just what you learn, but it's the ability to learn. Mm -hmm. The ability to acquire knowledge. I promise you that when you graduate, even with honors, that the knowledge you're gonna need to do some of the things you're gonna do in life, you won't have yet. So it's important that you learn how to get it and learn how to get it on your own and realize that you can. I um, did the hydrogen car in high school, won science fair. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. Oh, that, that, came, that came out wrong, <laughs> did didn't it? you do that again? <laughs> that little I, dance was awesome. <laughs> I was very modest in high school. Can you say yeah. exactly what you did the hydrogen car? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. First there was the world. Then there was the car. But there was no hydrogen car. Then there was me. Okay. Then there was a hydrogen car. I did it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was working on a project for the science fair, and I had this idea that If you burn hydrogen, you get water, and that's not pollution. That won't cause global warming, it won't cause pollution, and it's renewable. When you burn the hydrogen, you get water, you run the water through an electrolyzer, you get the hydrogen back, so you use the hydrogen over and over again. That sounded perfect to me. Mm -hmm. And so I asked my, my teacher, I was taking a summer school class, and so I went up to my teacher and I had this great idea, I said, you know, I think you could make hydrogen by electrolyzing water, splitting water apart, and then you could use it to run a car. You could burn it in the engine, like fuel. And I said, do you think that would work? And he now I have to tell you <laughs> that he was a specialist in identifying plants. Oh. <laughs> and we were out on a field trip where we were gathering leaves that we were gonna press oh. to put in a book. <laughs> I didn't know this part. Do you think that could work? And his name is Mr. Allman. And he thought, 
boy, it sounds to me like it would work. <laughs> and that's all I needed. So off I went. That encouraged And eventually there was the car. And I'm pretty happy about it. But, 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 when you win the science fair and you have your moment of glory, you know, for a minute I was feeling pretty proud of myself. But the next day the sun came up and everyone kind of forgot. Except me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> So I realized, you know, life goes on. But I, uh, <clears throat> I got into the university, and I was very grateful that when it came time to talk about a scholarship, I, they looked at my grades. My grades were pretty good, but not enough to get a really top-notch scholarship. I was a B-plus student. A B plus I'm not too proud of that. I was not <laughs> honors in high school because I had no acellus. No yeah. yeah. I would have been. I would have loved acellus. In fact, I do. But at any rate, when they saw that I had won the science fair and they looked at my project, they gave me the scholarship. Wow. It really did make a difference in their minds. I was very grateful. So I'm at the university and I in our university, you don't register online because there was no online. <laughs> so we went to this big gymnasium, and there were little stands all around from the different departments, and you get a little card, and you take the card around to the department. I'm going to take your class, and they put you into a class. And it's, it's done with pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. You were in line, not online, right? You went to line. Yeah, in line. That's right. But at any rate, so as I was trying to get the classes, they told me that one of the phys- physics classes that I was very exciting to take was only for students that are majoring in physics. So they said, are you a physics major? And I hadn't decided what to major in yet. And that's kind of embarrassing because I should have. And I said, well, well, uh, so to get the classes I want, I ended up majoring in physics and chemistry, because I needed the chemistry, and engineering, chemical, electrical, and mechanical engineering. So I had five majors. And I am so grateful, looking back, that I did that. Did that mean I had to work harder? Oh, gee. (laughs) And my opinion, for me at least, the hardest major out of my five at the university was chemical engineering. It was really, really, really challenging. I've had a policy for a long time that I hire any chemical engineer that shows up applying for a job. (laughs) Hire them, because I have so much respect for them to do that major. And it is a very challenging major. Now, the others are too. Well, at any rate, it's kind of like the honors mode, where you really go the extra mile. But I wanted the knowledge, because I knew that if I could get the knowledge, then I could do things that make a difference in life. And I hope you feel that way. And some of you say, well, but you know what? I'm going to be a figure skater. I don't need all this schooling. And others say, well, me, I'm going to be a professional football player. Mm-hmm. I don't need the schooling. But I'll tell you what, if you're any good at football, you're going to need this knowledge just to know how to invest all your money. <laughs> yeah. Knowledge is power, and it allows you to do things. Um, And not only do you want to get the knowledge, but you want to get the knowledge of how to acquire learning. 
and how to do it on your own. And in today's world, it's so easy. It's easier than ever before. And how'd you get us off on this? I don't know, but while we are off on this, I was thinking about IST and inventioneering. And I was wondering if you hadn't done all those five majors, um, and it's like it led a pathway to inventioneering and knowing the systems of different. If I areas. hadn't done the science fair, uh -huh. I wouldn't have done the five majors. It was the project in the science fair that made me realize that I could do something because before that I thought, you know, I'm just a kid. Mm -hmm. But with the science fair, then I wanted to take the subjects I needed to be able to develop the hydrogen car. Mm -hmm. And 50 years later, it's finally starting to catch on. But uh, I wouldn't have known to do that. And if I hadn't done the five majors, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have founded IST, and yeah. I wouldn't have created Acellus, and I wouldn't have done a lot of other things. Because that broad background is very, very useful. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of education, higher education day, this would be university level, and especially graduate school, people working on their master's and their doctorate degree, a lot of it is focused on something very, very, very narrow. When you get your doctorate, your PhD, for example, in a science field, it means that you are one of the world experts on some very narrow little subject. And that's a wonderful thing. And a lot of the greatest discoveries come from these PhDs, from these doctors that have learned to do this research. Not medical doctors, but science, doctors of science. But in my case, I have this broad background. And so I can move from field to field to field mm -hmm. to field. And in the real world projects that I work in, I need people of all those different disciplines. And so because I had that background, I can kind of speak their language and stitch things together. And I think uh, I would call it a systems engineering background. Uh, just kind of rolling that forward a little bit. Uh, Bill Lear, my mentor, mm -hmm. your you call it second, great no. mentor. My great mentor. Like great grandpa. Uh -huh. So your great mentor was uh -huh. Bill Lear, and his mentor was Thomas Edison, right? Mm -hmm. So that means he's my great mentor. Whatever. But Thomas out. Edison <laughs> is known for inventing the light bulb. Right. A lot of people know, hey, yeah, Thomas Edison, he's the guy that invented the light bulb. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Before Thomas Edison made a light bulb, someone else did. He That's wasn't true. the first one. There was a couple of them that made early light bulbs. Mm -hmm. So wait a darn minute. So what did Thomas Edison do? Well, first of all, he said, I'm going to make a light bulb that lasts for more than one minute without burning out. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. But he went further. And this is important. This is a piece that I hope you'll stow away in your long-term memory and remember it. Thomas Edison did more than make a good, reliable light bulb. A light bulb is worthless if you don't have a socket to put it in it's and real. if you don't have some electricity to run through it. Mm -hmm. And he helped develop the idea of, you know, if they're going to burn out, let's just make them so you can screw them in and out, right? Mm -hmm. But he said, and this was his dream, this was his project. When people said, what are you doing? He said, I am going to free 
one square mile of Manhattan from darkness. Wow. And to do it, he had to dig up the streets to put wires underneath. To do it, he had to invent an early generator to be able to make the electricity. So he made a whole system, a complete system that worked together to solve a problem. And boy, it caught on and it changed the world. And he did that many times with many things. I called that, in, when I was going through my university experience and I was taking all of these simultaneous degrees, uh, my counselor at the university called me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> Learning, <laughs> trying to learn, and said, but you know, can't you decide what you want to major in? You need to decide. And, and I left the office saying, I gotta choose one, but I need the chemistry, I need the mm -hmm. physics, and, and I just couldn't choose. So I went back in the next day and I said, I am majoring in systems engineering. And to be able to put these systems together, I need all of these. Now, I didn't know about Thomas Edison's system in New York, but boy, that's really what engineers do. We solve the whole problem. We, we go from PhD to PhD to PhD to get all their best ideas, and then we bring them in and figure out how to make a system that'll change the world. Inventionary, it's a good thing. That. We need more inventioners, good we ones, do. by the way. Okay, so. Well, I have so many thoughts on that. <laughs> would you like to hear no. her thoughts? <laughs> I would too. Let's hear some of your thoughts. Well, I was wondering if the students who are watching Science Live realize how much they are getting. Because you teach this, then you teach that. And when they start realizing that they're becoming young inventioneers, then I think they're going to be a lot more excited about Science Live. He's sneaking up on him, isn't <laughs> He's it? sneaking up you on know, him. Uh, <laughs> it really we, is. We kind of have fun talking to people that have been doing Science Live because we've been doing it for yeah. a while. But, you know, we don't really teach chemistry or electronics or anything, but we slip in all of these concepts and people are learning vocabulary yeah. and they're learning how things work mm -hmm. and they're starting to put pieces together and I think it's really empowering them whether they are users of technology, which a lot of our people will be, mm -hmm. or whether they actually become inventioners and developers of technology, I think the science you're getting is pretty valuable. I'm pleased to announce that we're very close to making Science Live a four-credit course. Mm, and close, close. We, we have demonstrated that the students are coming away from Science Live every week with enough knowledge to well count as a science class. And quite a few students, when they're getting ready to graduate, are needing another science credit, so here it is. Awesome. We, we have to do some stuff now to get some assessments and records back in the, in, in, mm -hmm. to make it really be it's an accredited process. science class. Mm -hmm. But we figured out how to do it, and, and we're working on it, okay? okay? Can we have a tradition every January? No. Oh, <laughs> I'll ask the kids if they want to side with me this time. Do you want to side with me this time? Say yes. 
Can we? <laughs> no one responded. I need some responses. Well, they want to hear Maybe it first. Maybe you want to give her a hard time. <laughs> yeah, listen to that. Okay. If so, you want to give her a hard time, say yeah. <laughs> sure, we'll help you. Okay. This is my team. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. just part of it. Yeah. The wingman here. So the thing that got you going mm -hmm. in grade school was when that balloon was filled with hydrogen, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. Can we do that every January? Have a boom with hydrogen in the balloon? Science life. Gee, can I get back to you on that? <laughs> yeah, hydrogen is really amazing. And what a great teacher to give me that spark of excitement mm -hmm. by showing me that making water is a fire. Yeah, I saw that last fire week. Fire creates mm -hmm. water. That just sounds to it usually use water to put out fire. But here's fire making water. Okay. It's but we, we probably better get going forward here pretty soon. Do okay, you, you ready else? for this thing? Mm -hmm. This I'm is ready. about R51. Oh, brother. <laughs> we had a comment come in today, and it says, I think R51 is lonely, dot, dot, dot. I have an idea how to make R51 not lonely anymore. Okay, hold just a second. I, I think everyone needs to know that R51 is no longer among us. <laughs> yeah. Sometime over the holiday, he got out of Area 51. <laughs> and that's why I have these. You're going to find him? Oh, is he out there? If anyone sees R51 running around your city, will you please notify us right away? <laughs> Everybody's going to be looking for him. Yeah. I guess he's I, not lonely anymore. He's gone. We don't know where he is. <laughs> okay, but what were you going to say? wasn't me, it was um, Sophie. Sophie. Hi, Sophie. What did she Sophie say? Sophie thinks that you ought to make a P-51. <laughs> <laughs> a Peugeot 51? <laughs> that might be the way of getting back. <laughs> yeah? You think so? Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> way you to know, go, Sophie. <laughs> it could be done. Yeah, just measure me up. You think we should make an Android Peugeot? And maybe she can teach him to be social. Yeah. That'd be she awesome. She could have a personality. You can program her. I'm starting to get social. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what? That's not social. Social. No. <laughs> what is social? It's where you enjoy your life, oh, yeah. but, when, but, when the <laughs> but, but when the winds come, you just go with it and you don't get all fluttered. Did, did we ever talk about why these work? You know, these are binoculars. Do you know how they work? Binoculars. That means there's two of them. There's two of them. If it's just one, then it's a telescope, right? I just realized ocular is in there. I never thought about yeah, how Yeah, these glasses. See. These yeah. are funny glasses, but they're a little heavy. But yeah, if there's just one, it's a telescope. If there's two, then it's a bi-telescope or binoculars, uh -huh. right? These have, oh, wow. Oh, who did you find out there? I found somebody. Oh, just minute. I put it in focus. Oh, hi. Who's it on? Okay, <laughs> but you know, why do these work so well? Because with these, you can see things very, very far away in much more detail than you can see them with just the naked eye. And when you think of the technology, obviously we know there's lenses, but why do they work? Everyone knows that you can take a lens and hold it up to something and it magnetizes it. It bends the light so it magnifies it and makes it bigger. 
it's easy to make something that will magnify. Just the eyepiece in the telescope is a magnifier. But you need this lens down here too. And I think it's, it's fun to know why you need this big lens. That is not to magnify the image. That's done up here, okay? So what does it do? And here's what happens. Can you see that if you, if you have an image that is this big, and then you magnify it, so you're just looking at a little teeny part of it, and you make that little part big, the more you magnify it, the dimmer it gets. Because you're spreading out the same amount of light to bigger and bigger and bigger, and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like going to a movie theater, and if you have a little teeny projector that can make a little teeny image, but you can back far enough, it can make a big image, but it's so dim you can't see it, okay? So you're dividing the light down. So what you need to do is make the light brighter. Well, it's hard to shine a flashlight on a distant planet or mm -hmm. someone way over there. So what you do instead is your eye has a little teeny entrance for light. It's inside your iris. Your iris gets bigger and little. And do you know why it does that? Why? Because it looks nice. <laughs> you know why my eyes do it? <laughs> so I can get more or less light. If it's really, really bright, your iris shuts way down, lets just a little bit through. If it's kind of dark, it opens way up to let a lot of light through. Well, still, with your iris open all the way, it's still just a little tiny opening that's letting the light that hits that area go in so to your eye. Iris or the pupil? She's so smart. <laughs> Okay. I'm a pupil. I'm learning right now. I've been right outgunned, <laughs> haven't I? Yeah. Students are pupils. <laughs> and they all have pupils. She's right, isn't she? I'm going to have to no, suffer the humiliation of defeat. defeat. Score, Peugeot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's the pupil that gets bigger than little, right? Oh, okay. Is that it? Is that what I you're think saying? So. Yeah, she's right. So <laughs> what's the iris then? That's the pretty blue color of my eyes. <laughs> And yours. Moving right along, <laughs> if you want to be able to magnify something, you have to make it brighter first okay. so that when it's magnified, you can still see it. What if you had an eye with an opening, a pupil, that big around? Think how much more light it would let in mm -hmm. because all the light covering all that, it's like having 100 eyes, right? Yeah. And that's exactly why we have this big lens to gather all that light and it bends it into a point so that we can then really magnify it and see it in sharper detail. So in a telescope, if it's that big around, it means it's gathering that much light. Wow. And if it's like the Mount Polymer Telescope in California, which when I was in elementary school was the largest telescope in the world, it has a giant, giant lens, so it collects a lot of light. And some, instead of having a giant lens, it gets so big, they get so heavy, that instead they have a big mirror that's curved, mm -hmm. but it's still collecting all that light so you can magnify it. These are really neat. They are. And, uh, you know, not all binoculars are equal. <laughs> yeah. Some of you are going to want some binoculars someday because you can see a lot of neat things with them. So this is a, a pair that I did research on. I went to the 
the store that had the most binoculars, and they had a place you could stand there and look out across the field, and I tried them all on, and it's interesting, some brands you can see so much better than others. Mm -hmm. They're not equal. They have coatings, they do things with the lenses and that, but good binoculars are just amazing. They're neat. And they're not that much more expensive for the good ones, so try them out before you get them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, where were you? And the votes are coming in. They would like to, we would like to have January have a big boom. The votes are coming in? Yeah, I have, I have Who's proof. counting them? Me. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, um, do you have a scientific method of, that you use when you're discouraged and you have a hard time going and you want to give up? Some of our students. I don't want to give up. Yeah, so how do you get through that? Well, first of all, there are times when it's right to give up. Okay. Okay? When you charge off on a scientific project, for example, like maybe a science fair project, mm -hmm. you start with a hypothesis, and so you start doing research, getting ready for the science fair, and after you get into the project and you start doing experiments to see if your hypothesis is correct, mm -hmm. when you find out that it's not, mm -hmm. is a really good time to stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there are times when you, you made a decision based on bad information. And I'll give you an example okay. of that in just a minute. Then it's time to find a good idea. And I have, throughout my career, had many ideas that were just amazing that turned out to be duds. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna tell you a little one and then I'm gonna tell you a really, really big, embarrassing one. Not to be repeated. <laughs> okay, but I'll tell you the first one. So I was in the 10th grade, I was gonna enter the science fair and I went to my local library, which is best internet we had right then, mm -hmm. and uh, I was looking through books trying to find a science fair project, and I wasn't finding anything. And I asked the librarian, don't you have some more science books? And she says, yeah, we have some down in this overflow storage room in the basement. Do you want to see those? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I went down the stairs, it was scary. <laughs> and I found this really old book. And I came up and I looked at it and it had this whole report about a guy that lived clear back in the 1890s, way back then, that had discovered how to capture light coming from the sun and turn it into food like a plant does without being a plant. You could just do it in a test tube, put it in the sun, and you get food. And I thought, oh, that's neat. And it had to be ultraviolet light, and of course the sun has ultraviolet. And so I decided that's gonna be my science for a project. I'm going to make food like a plant does in a test tube. And so I, ordered a special ultraviolet light, which had a big mail ordered, and it came, and I did all these things exactly like he said, and no matter what I tried, no matter what I tried, it would never work. 
the things he said it would do, it just didn't do. And I tried and I tried and I tried. I asked people that were smarter than me and they couldn't figure it out. Well, finally, I went and looked up this guy in an index and I found these articles about him and it turned out that he was revealed to be um, an exaggerator and that a lot of people had tried to reproduce his experiment and it wasn't valid science. So I'd wasted all this time going on a wild goose chase because he didn't get the results, so he fudged the results to try and look good. And real scientists would never do that. So once I realized that I was doing a project based on faulty science, I put that away. I said, okay, I gotta start over. I need a new project. And of course, I didn't have a lot of time. So, and I've been working with plants and that idea. And that's when um, I went to visit my wonderful Aunt Joanne, who happened to work at the hospital. And she was uh, there working, in, and back in that day, they would let a kid like me come in and visit <laughs> once in a while, and I went in, and she was treating a guy that had a broken arm that was healing, and she's treating him with ultrasound, a gun that only worked underwater, but it's supposed to make his, his broken bone feel better and, mm. and heal. And I became very, very interested in ultrasound. And so then I was doing a project cleaning up over at the nursery where they grew flowers. And the guy was putting out all of these seeds in a flat. And then he would put them out in the sun. They would grow when they got a little, little plant. He would dig them up and put them in pots and they'd become flowers and then sell them. Well, this one plant he was planting, all of these seeds, and he told me that this was like $600 worth of seeds in here. And he says the sad thing is only about half of them will germinate, which is really wasteful. So I got the idea, maybe they're asleep. Maybe if we treat them with ultrasound to wake them up and implant them, maybe more of them would germinate. So that became my science fair project. Only I couldn't afford the $600 seats, so I used beans. <laughs> but I did find out that you can improve germination with ultrasonic waves. Well, let's get back on point. Okay. So I found that I was on a project that turned out to be a dead end and that I'd gotten snickered into it by a guy that had exaggerated his results deceptively. And as soon as I found out it was a dead end, whew, I was done with it. So you want to be determined to not give up easy unless you know that it's a bad idea. Then you get rid of it and you move on. Now I want to tell you the embarrassing one. And I don't talk much about this, so this will be kind of a special Edition. end of today. <laughs> Hope you'll all be back next week. <laughs> but anyway, when I saw the explosion of the balloon that was water, fire making water, and I thought, wow, you could run a car on that. Yeah. Well, I didn't tell you everything I thought. Now remember, I was in the ninth grade. That made me fairly, fairly young, <laughs> ambitious, love science. But when I saw that, I thought, wow. So you can run a car on hydrogen. Yeah, I told you that much. But what I didn't tell you 
is I had more idea than that. You know, in a car you have an engine mm -hmm. that runs on fuel, and then it has a generator, an electric generator, that recharges the battery and runs the lights. And I thought, wow, I can run the engine on hydrogen, and then I can use the generator to break up water and make the hydrogen, and I'll have a car you never have to put fuel in. Yeah, it'll just go forever. Perpetual. And so when I started working on the hydrogen engine, I wasn't just interested in pollution. I was interested in driving forever without fuel. Mm -hmm. Well, somewhere along the way, I learned about the law of conservation of energy. And it turns out that when you burn hydrogen in, in an engine, some of that energy comes out as heat and is wasted. Some of the energy turns the wheels. There's a little bit left to run the generator so it can run the lights, but there's not enough to make enough hydrogen to run the car, so it doesn't work. Hmm. But it got me going. So there was a case where I found out I was really wrong in my original theory, and when I realized that, I thought, you know what, though, this is still a good idea. It's a good idea for a different reason. It won't give people free energy, but what it will do is give them a pollution-free, renewable fuel, which uh, I think 50 years later we're finally learning how to do. Okay, well that kind of is all the time we have, but uh, think about this honors program and think about whether or not you're one of the people that would like to get that little with honors notice on your on your transcript even you younger students if you set a goal of really mastering material it'll change your attitude about learning and when you have that attitude you have the ability to, to learn things and pull knowledge in that you just don't have otherwise so is learning uh, something annoying that you don't enjoy that you just have to get through or is learning an exciting opportunity where you are building the ability to invent and change and improve the world? And I, I, I want to confess my whole motive of doing Science Live, besides it's kind of fun, <laughs> is I would like you to understand better and better every week how valuable knowledge is. Every little speck of knowledge that you get is useful. And things I've learned over here and things I've learned over there have turned out to be the solutions for the projects right here that I'm working on. You cannot get too much knowledge. And the more knowledge you get, the more you learn, the better you can learn. It gets easier. It's like lifting weights. It's hard to lift weights, but if you work at it and exercise, you build up muscles. Well, this muscle, the brain is a muscle, and the more that you learn, the more that you memorize, the stronger your brain muscle gets at absorbing and using knowledge. So <laughs> anything that, that you and I can do to make you really excited about learning is what we need to do, because you need to learn like your life depends on it, because your future does. Thanks. We'll see you next time.